didn't hear it. Oh, uh, you say disappoint disappointments. I don't see a disappointment. The fuck? Turn this off. <laughs> Turn this off, bro. Not disappoint. You lost to Georgia Tech. With a freshman quarterback. You're not disappointed? Why are you playing football? You should quit. Go home. Go to school. Go to go to go to school for a living. You should just go get your degree and go work for somebody else. Cause you sure enough can't play. You're you're not disappointed that you lost a football game, bro? A conference game at that to Georgia Tech? You thought Georgia Tech was a worthy opponent? I want to ask people for real. How many points you think Clemson's gonna score on you? Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. You know, we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. I am Logan Robinson, the founder and owner here at NoelGameDay.com. It is October 1st, Thursday afternoon. It's five days after Florida State's dismantling loss to Miami, 52 to 10. Uh, I've got my three co-hosts with me this afternoon. I've got Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. We've got Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer. And we got up to the top left, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. What is happening, gentlemen? A beautiful day in Tallahassee and Florida, hopefully overall. But what's going on? What up? What's up, fellas? Same shit, different day. <laughs> It is. It is. Is everybody doing good? We've we've had five days after that game. I've got a I'm different great, background. I'm, I, I, I'm great, man. I'm ready to see uh, a youth movement, and I'll be clicking that game off if I don't see it uh, on Saturday. Nobody else talks. Everybody's quiet. What is happening? Is it everybody's ready for basketball season? What's going on? I mean, I mean pretty I'm much. Ready. Yeah. At this point, I'm just right. We're what, 55 days? You know, we're, we're moving on. Yeah. <laughs> moving on to what? Basketball. Basketball. I cannot be a quitter. That's my main priority. Let's be, let's be real here. We got, we, got, we got listeners. We got to be here to chat. So, um, Time to wake up, wake up. Uh, But always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play. We've moved on from uh, SoundCloud, you guys have probably noticed, but YouTube is rocking, so make sure you guys go subscribe over there. You'll be notified every time we release a new episode. Um, We gave our live live reaction right after the game against Miami, so that's something that probably everyone 
needs to go listen to <laughs> if they're interested. Um, later in this episode, I've got a snippet from Carlos Williams, and uh, he gives his thoughts on a Florida State offensive lineman from about two weeks ago that uh, mentioned that the Georgia Tech game was not a loss or not a disappointing loss. Um, and that's a 2013 national champion guy that went to the playoffs um in 2014 and uh he gives a pretty interesting reaction so that'll be later on in the episode um but yeah i say we go ahead and get started real quick just initial thoughts we're five days now after the uh the game in in miami what are y'all's initial you know what what is the thought process for you guys right now heading into a game on saturday which will be at home at 4 p.m in doe camel stadium against Jacksonville State. I think Nate already kind of nailed it on the head earlier. If it's not a youth movement, it's going to be really disappointing for a lot of fans because we're tired of seeing the same things that we've seen for three years. We've got to see these guys that want to go out there and play for Florida State. And I think that you've got to be going into this game not expecting to blow out Jacksonville State. To me, this is going to be a dogfight a dog fight to the very end against an FCS team that's been very successful over the past couple of years. Uh, youth movement, youth movement, and, and, and I, I need to see youth movement. Um, and honestly, um, FSU hasn't shown me anything to, to for me to come in any kind of confident to uh, think that they're going to come in and, and cover the twenty-seven point spread. That's just asinine. Um, but you know, I don't think they'll uh, score twenty-seven points. No, I, 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 I think. You know, Florida State fans got to be humbled right now. Um, that the fact that you know, this team is that awful that we're not sitting here talking about, you know, the realistic possibility of losing to Jacksonville State. That's, that's awful. I agree. And coming into this season, I think me, you, and Logan predicted Florida State to win eight games. Yeah. So how stupid do we feel right now? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We shouldn't be allowed to do podcasting ever again. I don't well, a lot of people in the last three years, we should, a lot of people should cancel their shows, but or we have some kind of entertainment. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I love, I mean, it's going to be a gorgeous day on Saturday. Um, I don't know. I'm tr- I always try to find optimism in things. That's pretty much all I can go now is to weather. But I mean, I, I agree with Dustin. I don't know if Florida State's going to score. 27 points and they still got to score more of that to cover. I mean, because Jacksonville state's going to put uh, a, I mean, Jacksonville state is, this is their first game of the season. Um, they've got a quarterback, which we'll get into when we get to the preview, but this defense right now and the defensive line has been really, really disappointing. And once again, you're going to have to rely a lot on that defensive line to get after that quarterback that not only can throw the ball, but he can run if he needs to mm-hmm. and that's been a huge problem i mean we've got stats that we're looking to when we preview the game but this quarterback is going to be once again a problem but i more want to go into back and look at miami and and think about like what 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 do you think is the biggest concern for florida state starting off this season what is the biggest one to you guys personally in your own opinions the entire team I mean, defensively, they, you know, their their front four has been way below expectations. They had zero pass rush. They they have square pegs for for round holes. That linebacker, you guys, you can't cover space. 
you have pieces in the backfield, guys who are, in my opinion, very good defensive backs. But if your defense can't put pressure on the quarterback, it doesn't matter how good you are as a DB, you're going to get burnt. You're going to get beat. That's just how it is. Um, you know, I, while Florida State has done a good job of, of flipping that linebacker room over the last couple of years, they still don't have guys that are comfortable in space. They still have guys who are hitting the wrong one fit. They still have guys who are dodgy contact. So, you know, th- w- when you talk about guys that want to play football, uh, I don't see it. You know, you know, especially on defense, you have to have a certain mindset to want to stop someone. You know, you, you want to put your body on the line to stop an offense from scoring. And when guys are purposefully throwing the wrong hole to avoid contact, that just tells me they're not the right person to probably should be playing football. Um, but you can't generate a pass rush. It doesn't matter um, what you have on the back and on defense because the quarterback's going to have all day. And, and for for offense, you know, the fact that they're still possibly charting out James Blackman after what we've seen for, you know, three years, uh, I, I just think it's got awful. I'd rather just punt on first down <laughs> in, instead of letting him play quarterback because you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a great first drive because it's scripted and he practiced it all week. And then after that, you're going to get a guy who can't stay in the pocket, happy feet, awful throws. We've discussed the ad nauseum. Um, you know, so it's very concerning for someone who almost feels like he's regressed um, from, from from the last few years. So that's one reason why I want the youth movement, because you have guys who are going to go out there and at least try. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to be out of position. They're going to miss a tackle. They might drop a pass, but they're going to come back and try harder, and they're, and they're going to put forth the effort. And, and, you know, the fact that, you know, th- th- these guys just don't want to compete is the, is the huge concern. And I agree with a lot of what you just said there, Nate, especially about the defensive line and not being able to generate any kind of consistent pass rush. I mean, we saw it the first drive and the second drive for Miami. Florida State's defense did really good on first and second down, forced them into those third down situations, third and sevens, I think a third, a third and ten, third and five, a fourth and one as well after they didn't get it on third down and went for it. And time mm-hmm. and time again, Florida State's defense just got burned. I mean, there there was nothing nothing they could do to stop them. And those are the kind of situations that you've got to be able to get out of, especially early in a rivalry game. I mean, I think the first drive, Miami went four out of five on third down and one out of one on fourth down on the way to that mm-hmm. touchdown. And then the second drive, they came out and, and did the same thing. So it was just – it's really embarrassing when – look at all the hype that defensive line got over the offseason. They've come into the season and done jack shit. And people on my Twitter just keep saying, well, the coaches, the coaches. The co- I'm sure the scheme has some to do with it. But eventually, mm-hmm. if you're a first-round pick, you got to go out there and make a play. If you're, if you're being hyped up as a top-10 pick, it, it doesn't matter. You should be able to produce no matter the situation, no matter the coach. And the, the and pad- it's, it's, it's been mentioned a few times by numerous people. Their pad level has been horrible through both of the games. I mean, they're just playing too high right now. They're being pushed around. And they're mm-hmm. too big of guys to be pushed, being pushed around like they are. And as both of you mentioned, the effort on both sides of the ball has just been embarrassing for players who are supposed to be at Florida State and supposed to be Florida State players. It's it's absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, Everett Dawkins pretty much said it, said it straight up. Austin, you know, we were listening to him, and he told us mm-hmm. playing too high. 
and guys being moved around by opponents that shouldn't it shouldn't really be competitive as much i mean maybe a few plays out of a drive but it shouldn't really be competitive one-on-one like that definitely for a guy like you know for for marvin wilson i don't want to keep on saying like a guy like marvin wilson um because i think a lot of people now have realized that he's not in that top tier of of a timmy jernigan um demarcus christmas uh derek naughty that's just not the case and i i'm getting tired of hearing that um, people came at me before the miami game saying that uh, Marvin Wilson is ahead of Timmy Jernigan, which was absolutely, I mean, I, I didn't know if I was in a nightmare or a dream or if I had taken five shots of rum or something, but I couldn't imagine people were even saying that, but even putting them in the same tier, it's just not the case. That's just how it is until something flips a switch for him. Um, that defensive line is, is really disappointing. Um, we've already talked about enough, but it's once again, though, you have to have something in this game on Saturday and looking back the last two games, it hasn't been there. Um, a positive was, out of go ahead. Go ahead. Not, not to was, give away what, what what Carlos was saying, what, you know what he says here later, but that yeah. per- perfectly encapsulates his team. You know the mindset they have. The that's just that's a perfect description cool. of FSU 2020. Well, let's jump into it. I'll, I'll play the snippet here. Um, last night for our uh, Patreon members, our Chiefs, uh, we gave – we actually had Carlos Williams come out, came on, obviously a really successful running back at Florida State, switched from a DB to running back, ended up having a really good start to his career in the NFL with the Bills. Um, but won a natty, went to the playoffs in 2014, had a successful run, was around the guys – um, alpha dogs, I guess you can say, and he gave his take on uh, Darius Washington, Florida State starting offensive lineman, who uh, said after the Georgia Tech game that it wasn't really a disappointing loss to him. And uh, let me go ahead and run that snippet for you guys. There we go. Let me see if you can hear it. Oh, you say disappointments. I don't see us disappointments. Turn this off. <laughs> Turn this off. Bro, not disappoint. You lost to Georgia Tech. With a freshman quarterback. You're not disappointed? Why are you playing football? You should quit. Go home. Go to school. Go to go to go to school for a living. You should just go get your degree and go work for somebody else. Because you show enough can't play. You're you're not disappointed that you lost a football game, bro. A conference game at that to Georgia Tech. You thought Georgia Tech was a worthy opponent? I want to ask people for real. How many points do you think Clemson's going to score on you? I well, uh, no. I'm Logan. Let's be. Let's keep it a buck. No, that no, that no. That really just that really got me hot. Let's be. It depends on how many. No, it depends on how many Dabo wants to score. Let's keep it a buck. Like, be honest with you, Dabo had a lot of respect for Jimbo. Wonder why Jimbo went into Death Valley and we put the most points ever scored in Death Valley. More than points ever scored offensively by 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 Clemson in Death. We scored the most points ever scored in Death Valley. We did. That day, Dabo said, that won't happen again, and I'm gonna put some respect on my name. Dabo's played great football ever since then against Florida State. He's going to put up points. The freshman quarterback out of um Brosco out there in um California, number five, the flying Hawaiian, he going to put up points because he going to get a taste of it. 
You think 16 not going – and you're and I, I hope that same O-lineman says, well, well you, you say disappointment, I say they put up 52. Get out of here, bro. Stop playing football. I'm, I hope I hope he stop playing football. I hope you I hope your coach sees the interview be like, bro, so you're not disappointed you just lost to Georgia Tech. Like you're not disappointed you just lost. So how do you feel? You're not sad, you're not hurt, you're not pissed off, like you don't want to get a plays back. It it shocked me, man. That's when I kinda after that interview, I kind of knew what the season was gonna be before. Bro, you. listen, we, we lost to NC State 16-17, number two in the country, dog. I cried on that, bro. That plane was so quiet. That bus ride to the airport was so seven. The NC State, yeah, we disappointed, bro. NC State. Who was their quarterback? Mike Glennon. I don't know who. Mike Glennon. We lost to Mike Glennon. <laughs> Come on, dog. Come on, be real. Come yeah. on, yeah, disappointed. You lost to Georgia Tech. You should be disappointed. You should. You should want. You should want to kill yourself. You lost. You lost Georgia Tech. You go. You go to Florida State. I'm keeping it. But you go to Florida State, dog. Mm-hmm. You go to Florida State, and you telling me that you lost to Georgia Tech wasn't disappointing. Why are you here? Why are you dressing up and why are you suiting up wearing Garden and Gold? You have no respect and no pride about yourself. You're not disappointed for losing Georgia Tech, bro. I piss on Georgia Tech, man. Mm-hmm. How many subs gonna play against Georgia Tech today? They are gonna run a triple option. How many? How many subs? How many subs gonna play today? They change the offense. Who cares? It's Georgia Tech. Yeah. I can't remember last time. I can't remember last time somebody really respected Georgia Tech of being a feared opponent in the ACC. Yeah. See, I don't feel like also that you know. I feel like after someone says that in an interview like that, if it was in 2013, I feel like Timmy Jernigan, Telvin Smith, you. Alpha Dogs and Marcus Joyner probably would have beat the living shit out of him. They would have choked him. <laughs> he would have been – we, 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 we would have been, 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 been sanctioned. We would have been sanctioned for hazing, for hazing, because we yeah, would have hung no. him by his toenails. Bro, we're going to put fishing hooks in your toenails and hang you upside down to the, all the blood rush to your head until you get some common sense. You lost your <laughs> rabbit mind. You're not disappointed. You lost to Georgia Tech. All right, so we are back from that. Uh, what are y'all's initial ra- reactions from Carlos? Because we watched the video just a little bit ago, but um, that's something that I was looking forward to hearing. I mean, it had to be said. I mean, you look at Antonio Cromartie, he's being very vocal on Twitter. Mm-hmm. A ton of other former Knowles, even Jacoby McDaniel, who was in that run in, in 2013. I mean, what are y'all's takes from it? Because I feel like it just got to be said eventually like that. Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I think enough of the coaches, um, you know, if, like you said, you know, Dustin, yeah, there, there's a little bit that could be um, said about some, some of the, the calls and the scheme and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, these coaches are have their hands tied behind their back right now. Um, you know, people don't be – you aren't successful in coming to Florida State, a place that you're supposed to get better talent and a better – talent pool to, to use and, and fall on your face. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it's accountability for the players. And these guys don't have that, that mindset to go out there and step on people's necks. Um, you know, the, the, you know, there was a self, there was self accountability with that team. You know, we talked, we've talked about the leadership of Telvin and Marcus and all those guys, you know, all those guys were feared because, you know, the, those guys didn't want to let each other down. And they knew that if you let the team down, you're going to pay a price. And, and this team does not have that mindset. They don't have that leadership. 
and, and that's what this team is missing. You know, you know, you can say what you want about Carlos um, after the fact. You know, in the NFL, he's had his own struggles, um, but what he said is completely true. And, and the fact that all these players are starting to come out and say it, that should tell you, as a fan, this is player issue. This is not coaching issue. I'm tired of hearing all this shit about Norvell and, and, and you know, his inability to recruit or he's over his head. Give me a break. Um, call it what it is. These guys are horrible. Um, Florida State did a really shitty job evaluating. They brought in some guys who were paper – Paper four stars and five stars just have not developed. You know, it, it, it's just a four and five year buildup of, of everything that's gone wrong has led to this. So um, it's just a really shitty place right now for, for Florida State to be in as a fan because you want to see him get better. You think that you have talent there. I, I've said that I thought this team was talented, but, you know, the physical talent doesn't matter if you don't have the mental part of the game. And to me, it, it just kind of feels like they're not as afraid to fail as they should be. They're not recognizing that they're at Florida State, a place where you don't lose a Georgia Tech. You're at Florida State, mm-hmm. a place where you don't get blown out 52 to 10 by Miami. And a place where you're, I mean, we'll see what happens on Saturday, but a place where you don't play down to FCS teams. I mean, they, they have no sense of urgency when they're on the field. There's, there's no passion out there. There's no mm-hmm. fight. I mean, by the second quarter in that game, the majority of the veterans on that team had already acted in. They quit. They didn't care. And, I mean, it's embarrassing to watch, you know, with how many guys on this team we expected a lot more out of and guys that we thought would hold others accountable. They're just not doing it. And like you said, like I've said, we can't just blame the coaches. I mean, these coaches were successful at Memphis. They had successful players that held themselves accountable. And they've come to Florida State, and the players haven't been used to that for the past couple of years, and they, they just haven't adapted to it yet. And Norvell's just going to have to keep trying to instill his culture. And, you know, the guys that don't take on, they're not going to be on this roster next year. Yeah, there's a tweet I saw for the Miami game that it kind of ties everything that we're all saying together, saying there's no coach that could get this team to six wins. And I really don't think there is. Um, because the, the culture is just so bad throughout the, the locker room. They've been babied for the last three to four years with no discipline, no anything. And now you've got a coaching staff that's had success and knows, I won't say they know how to win, but they've had success. And they're trying to change everything, but you still got this mental major mindset. It, it, you can't get past it when the players just don't care. Yeah, I, I'll use the mindset of, uh, of the real world. Uh, of, uh, of, you know, a nine to five, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, you guys get a new manager in, um, there's still pushback, you know, there's still, you know, thoughts of, of the days before with the manager before, um, things you liked about them that you wish were still there. Um, so, you know, you, you, you're going to test and you're going to try that new person, that new leadership to see what you can get away with. Um, and, and, you know, these guys aren't, these guys are used to just doing whatever they want. Um, but it'd be very interesting to hear Carlos's uh, opinion on, you know, like I said, in the three up, three down, these guys are just oblivious to what's going on. You know, to hear, I'd like to hear his thoughts on, on Corey Durden on that tackle for a loss on third down and gets absolutely blown off the ball on fourth down. You know, 
that stuff wouldn't fly before. You know, that's just how it is right now. Yeah. No, it's not a, it's just, it's really, it's a shot culture um, program and it's going to take a very long while, but it's not, it's, it's just not, I mean, it's good hearing it from a guy that was, you know, they won one and, you know, I just feel like during practices, I don't, I don't know what's happening. There's no leader on defense, no leader on offense. I don't know what's going on with Tamarion Terry. That's a whole nother discussion, but there's no, there's no leader, no one to make a big play. There's no one to make a big hit. There's no one to talk trash and back it up. Um, you still got guys that are getting beat on. Oh, they the love ball. talking trash just well, when they're, they're down by that, 40 fucking points. Yeah, well, they, they'll do that <laughs> or they'll choke, the, they'll choke other players. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just like they uh, talk a lot. That was one thing that made me really upset against the, in the Miami game. I was watching the second half. And the dirt, the dirt in play was one that I noted. And then a couple other times, like there were some Florida State players chirping, and I'm like, for what? You're getting absolutely embarrassed right now on national TV in front of your families. Like this is this is embarrassing. This is more of a funeral than a football game. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what 16 is doing right now. I don't know what 16 is doing. Um, Does 16 know what 16 is. I don't doing? know what 85 scholarship players are doing. Not just 16. All of them. No, I'm number oh, it's not all. It's not all. Number 16. You know, you know, it, 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 it's a shame that, you know, the, the few are, are, you know, completely dwarfing guys like Travis J, Lawrence Tua Philly, um, you know, th- those guys who are really trying to put forth the effort. You know, yeah. Mari Gaynor, you know, Stephen Dix Jr., um, Asante Samuel, guys who are really putting forth the effort and busting their tail and, and, and are – having Josh solid Griffiths. starts to the season, Josh Griffiths, you know, you know guys that are, are Cameron McDonald, you can list, you know, there's 10, 15 guys who are really putting forth the effort that you want to mm-hmm. see. And, and, but, you know, unfortunately football is a team game and, and it's the ultimate team game on defense. And, and if, when one's not doing the job, forget about it. Um, so, you know, a lot of that young talent is on defense and, you know, the, that's why it's infuriating to see a team that does have the pieces in a lot of places just can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Can't figure it out, man. And, and that's where I really challenge, you know, the, the mental fortitude of these guys. You know, they, they just can't push through adversity. And maybe some of that's just being coddled as a high school player and as a recruit. You know, you know that whole that whole decommitment or de-recruitment, excuse me, thing that, that, that colleges used to do, you can't do that anymore because you piss off a kid, he's going to go in the transfer portal. So you, you can't really be as tough on kids anymore as you used to. Um, and, and we're seeing that. So, you know, I, I don't want to say it's all 85 scholarship players. I just think that, you know, it's the, the upperclassmen supposed leadership that's draining this program right now. Oh. It has it has me wondering if some of the other players, you know, the guy the guys that are that have stepped up, so, I mean, supposedly stepped up as leaders, guys like James Blackman and Marvin Wilson, who we've mentioned a couple of times. I'm I'm starting to wonder now if the the players who are supposed to be listening to them and under their leadership just, you know, they simply don't care what they have to say because they're they're fake leaders. Mm-hmm. They don't back up what they talk. 
I, I, I think that James Blackman as a leader is overrated. You know, he is likable as a teammate, but a, a, a leader doesn't act like he does when something goes wrong. He, he just don't. You know, he doesn't push through. He sulks. He folds. That's not a leader. So if that's a leader of your team, your, your team's going to follow that lead. So, you know, therein lies the problem. Yeah, a leader is able to learn from their mistakes, and Blackman hasn't been yep. able to do that throughout his four years. Um, and you can say the same about guys like Marvin Wilson, who they're just not learning. And it's a shame mm-hmm. that they're four years into their career and still have yet to learn anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nope. I, I, I just feel that um, that should be a motivating part to go out and just get absolutely embarrassed on national TV. And they should come out and, and, and play flawless against a team that is outmanned. But they're going to come out with their tails tucked in, get punched in the mouth, and not know how to react. That's what's yeah. going to happen on Saturday. Uh, let's see here. What do we have? Uh, during that game against Miami Travis J, which sucks. I mean, it seems like he's an up-and-coming star for FSU that – you know, you have some promise there for a young guy. He was on crutches on the sideline. We'll see if we'll get an update on him. Um, we haven't really heard anything on that front, but that's a, you know, me and Nate have talked about it. You know, that's one of our guys that we think or have that dog mentality that is growing that he does, you know, that you want to see. And it's just, just terrible, terrible luck. Um, who's playing? Who's playing quarterback on Saturday? Here, I have my. I don't care. So I have my. <laughs> you wrote <laughs> I think right here. <laughs> okay. So I down. got a whiteboard and I wrote this. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Tate Ridermaker. I don't care if it's Trevor Purdy. I don't care if it's Jordan Travis. I don't care if it's a walk-on. I don't care if it's Travis J. I don't care who it is. It cannot be this person right here because this person right here is an absolute shit show of a quarterback. He's a, he's a mental midget quarterback. He cannot do anything that is asked of him other than a script of first job that he practices all week. Like, like I, I can't say enough. The probability is though that he probably starts. And that's extremely infuriating that you would trot him back out when everyone in their, in their right mind can see that he's not the person. If y'all can see this, I don't know if you can see this, I'm anti-JB1. I have been for over a year and a half, and it's just getting worse and worse. So, you know, I, I would rather if, – if Chubba's not ready, I've made my case that I, I, I'm on Chubba Hive. Hive. Um, if he's not ready, he's not ready. Um, I'd rather go out with Tate Ridermaker, let him throw 30 interceptions, and figure it out, whatever it is. I would not play James Blackman anymore. This team isn't going anywhere with Blackman as quarterback. He is no. what he is. So, it, like you just said, anybody but Blackman, we have a better chance of being able to have a quarterback that's going to learn. He's going to be able to grow from his mistakes, whether it's Ridermaker or Purdy or whoever. I, we, I think everyone would rather just take their lumps. We've said it for, what, five straight mm-hmm. podcasts now? Just take our lumps with a freshman. Let's learn from our mistakes. That way we're in a better situation next year instead of 
sitting these guys all year when eligibility is a wash anyways. They come in next year with some experience under their belt and they're better players from mm-hmm. it. It's, and that, this is a perfect game for it. Blackman's not going to yep. get in this game. Throw yep. out Rodemaker or Purdy who can hopefully light up an FCS defense and get some experience from it. And no matter who the starting quarterback is, I mean, the way this season has started off and the way it's looking like it's going to go, this isn't going to be a successful season anyway, whether it's James Blackman back there or anybody else. So like you guys have said, put the guys in there who have a future in Tallahassee and who are the guys that Norvell wants under center. Blackman, Blackman's not going to get any better. And, I mean, we saw some of Tate Rodemaker last game. Chubba Purdy, he might still be on the men from that injury. But when Chubba is healthy and if Tate Rodemaker can play, put, put them in the game. I mean, the worst thing they do is play like James Blackman is already playing. And then we'd all be like, well, he's a true freshman instead of a guy who's been here for four years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think some of the frustration of Tamari and Terry is coming back expecting to have a breakout year. And they maybe my mind is escaping me, but I, I cannot think of a, a true shot down the field for him. I, I, I cannot think of him being involved in the offense other than the second half of Georgia Tech when, when they kind of force fed him the ball, you know, five, you know, five catches. So I think part of his frustration is that. And, and that also has a, you know, a, an effect on the run game it is no, no, no one is threatened by James Blackman throwing the ball down the field right now. So there, therein lies the problem of, of you, you become a, 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 an offense that is predictable and now is also, um, unfortunately, can't run, you can't throw, your quarterback can't, can't do anything right. So, you know, I, I'd rather take, like Dustin said, take your chances with a kid who's young, going to make mistakes for sure, but kind of doesn't know better and has that confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see on uh, Saturday. I'll be there and I will text you guys and let you guys know on who's going to be out there quarterback. I don't know who it will be, but I really have no I, idea. I, I, I would not be surprised if they trot him out and he gets booed. Oh, well, well, I mean, it's been that way. But we've seen that in Doe Campbellston. We've seen that in Doe Campbell Stadium before. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, loudly, loudly. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it before with past players, and it's uh, it's a Doe. And Doke, you know, Doke, Doke well, I mean, well, who's going to yeah. be there though? Who's going to be in Doe Campbell Stadium? I mean, I'm going to be there, but you're going to be there. Gonna be, I mean, four or five people. Y'all allow be, boo for us. I, I'd love to be there because it's not, you know, still the experience of a college football game is fun. You know, mm. so you know. I will say, still... Nate. Though I will say, I mean, that's how I've always been. But I do like watching some other games that are. You get to see um, games. Like, I mean, that's how I thought I'd never say it, but I mean, it is nice watching other games that you see disciplined players that you know doing assignments mm-hmm. and. Oh, for sure. That's a, that's just a. I love I, I love being in Duke, though. I mean, I do. It's just a different time and. Um, Civic Center is calling my name in a few months. Uh, let's see. I want to just get one positive in here because I feel, you know, I know everybody's listening. I told you no positives anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I say – I told you in the instant reaction, there's no more positives. We're going to keep it me. real. <laughs> Pessimism. Mute me. <laughs> Mute me. This is my one positive 
from this. Uh, FSU opposing quarterbacks on all throws, not targeting Asante Samuel. 72% completion, so it's bittersweet. 72% completion, 7.6 yards at attempt, four touchdowns, zero interceptions uh, versus Asante Samuel Jr. so far this season. Three of eight for 29 yards and two interceptions. So um, I, I, I've been high on Asante Samuel Jr. since – last spring and I thought this was going to be his big year his bag year um and I'm excited for him I mean I think he's I didn't I didn't even know he was really playing on Saturday and that's really a good thing because I remember watching games in 2013 2014 and some guys I didn't even know they were playing that night but that's usually a good thing for a corner um he's doing mm-hmm. his job and and, keep, and uh, holding down his uh, spot on the field with his whoever's wide receiver blah 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 so um, Sunday Samuel Jr. is a, a, at least a bright spot to look at. So, you know, he was he was chatty on, on, on last Saturday because he's going up against a former teammate in Harley, you know, back at St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm. So, um, you know, there's some history there. But also, man, Asante's earned that, that right to, like you said, Dustin, you can't talk shit unless you really are playing like it, you know, unless you're playing like the man. And he is. He's one of the few, like we talked about earlier. You know, mm-hmm. not not every scholarship player has been bad. You know, not every player is bad right now. There are there are some good pieces to the puzzle. Um, you know, and, and it sucks for Florida State because, you know, I fully expect Asante to, to move on to the NFL after this year. So you know that 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 year of uh, eligibility is not going to matter because he's really showing that he's the guy who can play on the next level. Um, you know, you got to give a shout out to him because he, he put he put a lot of work in over the over the mm-hmm. summer. Um, he got stronger. You can tell he got stronger. He looks he looks faster. He looks better. And, and you know, he, he he's just that guy right now. And the few completions he has given up, I feel like it's been in zone coverage when they were telling him to stay back. Yes. So yes. even that's not a huge knock on him. He's been fantastic, and you can see mm-hmm. it because they're just Miami didn't target him at all, as far as I remember. They just went after Jerry and Jones and Woodby and a couple other guys. Dan, you know, Dan doesn't look Dan, fully yeah. healthy yet. He doesn't look fully explosive. Mm-hmm. You no, know, like yeah. he did last year. And I think there, I think there's some lingering issues there. And, and, and that's, I'd rather him sit and get healthy. Yeah. Mm. Especially, yeah. especially as we've mentioned a few times, it's an eligibility wash year. Why waste a couple mm-hmm. games that might hinder his career? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for Sante, and that just goes to show you, man. Some people work their tail off during the off season, and uh, he's just—I mean—he's on bag year, so he's he, he knows what he wants and what he's knows. He's, some guys just know where they need to go in order to uh, reach their goals, man. And he, he's he's got a tunnel vision towards uh, the net to the league, so he's got it figured out. Uh, he's got that he's got that mindset that we heard from from Carlos. Mm-hmm. You know, he he he's a guy who would fit on that thirteen team, you know. Just want to go out and just compete and, and annihilate you. He's one of the few. Yeah, and he's always been that way well, since he started. Man, I mean, he mm-hmm. I remember going to the few practices, the first practice, uh, spring practice under Tagger, and he was a one number one guy that was chirping. He would be chirping, and then he would back it up. Man, he had a pick. Uh, who was it? on Francois and practice and he could have brought it back, but I mean, intercepted him after he was telling Francois that he was going to pick him off and 
So another pick six, he didn't return for a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we could get that, I don't know where the speed or maybe he just doesn't have the eye vision of a running back uh, or an <laughs> offensive player. You can tell why he's a DB, but I mean, at least when the ball hits his hands, he's able to execute and he's locking down his guys. So um, mm -hmm. I'm excited to watch him on Saturday and uh, watch him cover his guys. So uh, top three worst segment this week. We're going to have a fun one here. Top three worst things we've seen so far. We'll kind of run through these pretty quickly before we get into our uh, Jacksonville State preview. But uh, top three worst things we've seen so far this season, gentlemen. We're doing one for each like last week. Because we all have the same three. Yeah, we can go just one. We'll do a uh, top worst thing we've seen so far this season. Because I think, I think Blackman is, I mean, goes without being said. I mean, yeah. I think if, if I wasn't going to say it, Dustin was going to say it. If Dustin wasn't going to say it, Nate was going to say it. So I'll just get it out the way. <laughs> go ahead, Dustin. Go ahead, Dustin. You've been quiet. You've been quiet. Wake up. We've, talk, we've talked about it way too much, but I'll just – I'll say the defensive line just because we heard about all this hype and, like, we heard Marvin Wilson's going to be a top ten pick. Durden, Durden's going to go to the NFL. Robert Cooper's going to go to the NFL. This is going to be Kando's breakout year, and he'd go to the NFL. I mean, he's been injured, so he has an excuse. And then Janarius Robinson, who also has done nothing this season. So far, they've they've combined that that amazing, what is it, five players. They've combined for zero stacks and zero tackles for loss through two games. And it's just, I mean, it's terrible to see. And, Nate, you said it, I said it. People have been, like, coming at me on Twitter like, oh, well, they did good last year. They they have different coaches. That's got to be the problem. No, the hell it's not. They just don't care. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to fathom. And they don't even have a different coach. It's the same coach. Yeah, they've got Odell. That's, the, that's the one position group that had the same coach. <laughs> I guess I mean that Adam Fuller is making them all not produce now for some reason. Um, you know, no excuses. Well, I was gonna uh, say real quick, Dustin. Go ahead. I was looking at it real quick. Sorry, Nate. I was I was gonna say I uh, I was looking. <clears throat> Keyshawn Helton has only two less tackles than Marvin Wilson. <laughs> Wyatt Rector has only two less tackles than Marvin Wilson. Uh, Zane Herring. Wait, no, not Zane Herring. Um, an offensive line, I believe, has one less or two less tackles than Marvin Wilson. It's just. <laughs> It's 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 I don't know I've lost Invisible. like all my words I can say it's it's I mean man he got he got hype of. on Saturday after he tackled that guy forward for nearly a first down when and they were down a, by thirty and got a targeting penalty oh yeah <laughs> so we won't even see him uh, in, during the first half against Jacksonville State which I know I didn't I mean, yeah we haven't really seen him the first two games of the season anyway it's not much of a difference uh yeah my negative. Uh, I kind of want to say pass rush, but I think that would go into the uh, defensive line as a whole. Um, but I, I'm going to go to Mario and Terry, uh, mainly because, um, you know, he, he, here's a guy who um, comes off a 1,000-yard season. Um, debate easily that you can debate on him being one of the top playmakers in the country. Um, you know, he, is he one of the top all-around receivers? Not yet. Um, but – when it comes to being a playmaker, he's one of the top in the country. Um, you know, we all chirped about, you know, how great he looks um, with the added weight, you know, oh, oh my gosh, you know, he's going to be a monster Logan. in the system. And he hasn't done jack crap. And I know, you know, 
it, it's hard to, to, to lose your grandma, uh, someone that he's super close to. But, you know, that, again, why not use that for motivation and for focus to, uh, you know, honor something like that instead of you go out and you play like dog shit against Miami and you get a personal foul for, for chirping and for choking a guy out or trying to choke a guy out. Um, you, you let a guy that get in your head the entire game when you're a better football player than him. So he, you know, for, for me, it's just very disappointing to see him come back and just look awful. Mm -hmm. uh, mine is just really, I mean, everybody's got the biggest ones, but for me, it's, also a mix of just the mentality of the team. I thought we'd see more of guys executing plays when they're put in the right positions, and they have been. We looked at Georgia Tech. That was four missed uh, touchdowns they had. And, you know, there's just no competitive drive against a rival. There's no mentality to fight and, and actually be able to back it up if you're going to chirp. There's just no kind of um, calling people out, no accountability. And I thought there'd be a better – I thought there'd be a better start of that. I thought there obviously it was growing and it was going to take a year or two, but I thought there'd be a better start um, for this, this whole team. And there, there's not really good communication on both sides of the ball. Um, and it doesn't seem like guys are really wanting to try. And obviously you're getting blown out in Miami, but it's just not even a game going into the uh, second half. It's just, there's no drive. And I mean, I'm glad Carlos Williams told it just how it is. I mean, it's real guys, if you're don't have the pride and you don't even respect your own self and you, if you don't even respect your own self, there's no way in hell you're going to try to go out there and shout wearing garnet and gold and wearing a Florida state uniform. There's just no way. Um, and that's, that's just the case for me. Um, mentality shot mentality right now, unless Florida state blows out Jacksonville state like they should, because the talent level isn't even close. Um, but unless something changes again on Saturday, I think this mentality of team right now is shot. And, and I mean, be the team, it might be the whole program. Uh, all right, let's jump into Jacksonville State preview real quick. Uh, they're, they're bringing in a quarterback who obviously uh, was a, a Clemson transfer, Zarek Cooper. Um, he's been their starter for the last two seasons. This is crazy right here. He has put up. 6,800 passing yards with 60 touchdowns and 26 interceptions. Um, like I said earlier at the beginning, uh, he can also run a little bit if he needs to. 709 yards on the ground uh, and 12 more scores on that front. So, guys, Florida State's facing a quarterback here that has had some good experience and can throw the ball. Um, so, now you're going to have to look at that defensive line to make a rush and then also your DBs for some big plays. Nightmare scenarios, 26 huh? Is a lot. <laughs> 26 INTs is a lot. So let's just start there. Let's start with the positive. Um, you know, here's a guy who's put up really good stats on a lower level, but he's still turning the ball over. So here's the reason why he wasn't – here's the reason why he left Clemson. He's not going to play over Lawrence. He's not going to play over um, – I don't even know how to say his last name, Yuda Daly or whatever, yeah. <laughs> or TJ Fomacana. You know, he's not yeah. going to play behind those guys. Uh, so there's a reason why he transfers. But, you know, he's still at a lower level, and he's still got 26 interceptions. So he's prone to turn the ball over. So, you know, it, uh, there's a chance for us they can generate some turnovers here in this game. But on the flip side, this is, again, a quarterback that Florida State 
time and again has nightmares with an athletic quarterback who can make plays when, you know, things break down, gets out of the pocket on his feet because he's going to run it or throw it. And it gives FSU fits. So, you know, here, here we go again. Uh, and, and, you know, Florida State hasn't shown me anything. I think he can stop it. I, like you said, Nate, they have shown they've shown us nothing. Like they they've at least in that Miami game, <clears throat> they were able to get into third down situations. So I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's a little bit of a confidence booster that they can do well enough on first and second down, and maybe some coaching throughout this week and help them a little bit in their strategies and things they want to do differently on, on third down situations moving forward. But eleven of sixteen for third down. So it's yeah, there's there's not really much confidence on my end from this defense from the top to the bottom. I mean, Asante Samuel, Mari Gaynor, Stephen Dix Jr., Josh Griffiths, um, Travis J. Those are those are some of the only guys that I can really even think of that have done anything this season. And I mean, none of those are, besides Asante, are the stars you thought you would have on defense coming in. All I'll say is if the defensive line can't get pushed in this game against an FCS team in Jacksonville State. Just getting roasted. Just cancel the defensive line. I'd rather play with linebackers at defensive line. <laughs> uh, kicker Fitzgerald, Ryan Fitzgerald, we're going to see you on defensive end <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> if he brings more effort, then sure. Uh, yeah, let's, let's look here. Uh, their starting running back for Jacksonville State is Michael Matthews. He's back after scoring eight total touchdowns in 2019. He had a 4.6 yard per carry average. He rushed for 585 yards. Uh, uh, kind of threat here, maybe for Florida State's defense, is tight end Trey Berry. He's a six foot seven, 245 pound guy. Uh, could possibly be a mismatch for Florida State. I think Florida State at least defensively did as best as they could against Miami's tight ends. Obviously, they had a very nice and solid game against Louisville the weekend before. Um, but this is a threat here. He averaged 14.1 yards per catch during his career. He's averaging 14.1. Uh, also, they's, they've lost five of their top seven pass catchers. Matthews and Barry uh, are the two returning. Their top returning wide receiver has four had four catches for 24 yards in 2019. Uh, if you're kind of so getting the gist here, it's not impressive. <laughs> so, so, so he's going for 10 for 150 and two scores. <laughs> Defensive end DJ Coleman uh, is, could be a big threat against Florida State's offensive line. He had 10.5 tackles for loss, five sacks in 2019. So this could be an interesting thing to watch. Uh, DJ Coleman on the Jacksonville State side of the ball. Also, um, their defense only forced 13 total turnovers a season ago, uh, allowed over 380 yards on offense per game. So not really a too impressive team. It's crazy that we are previewing Jacksonville State game. I remember – in 2016 or so, Dustin, we didn't even really preview games like this. We kind of just gave the sport. I want to say, I want to say, in 2018, the Sanford game that ended up being a lot closer than anyone expected. The second game of the Willie Packard era, we didn't even preview that bitch. We were just like, "Ah, oh, Florida State's gonna win." 
I was up yeah. in the press box and I was like, wow, I regret that decision. <laughs> making the same mix- mistake today, boys. Trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've we've already kind of given our keys throughout this whole thing and whatnot. There's no reason to just, just keep on going at it. But what is, uh, what is y'all score predictions for Saturday? Florida State plays at 4 p.m. in Doe Campbell Stadium, second home game of the season. Mike Norvell will be back on the sideline after he missed out on the Miami game. Uh, but what is y'all's score prediction for – could be a matchup on Saturday afternoon. It's it's tough to even give a prediction. It's over there talking on mute. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough to even give a prediction on a game like this because we don't know – which Florida State's going to sh- – or what Florida State's going to show up, not even which one. We- is there another version of this Florida State team we haven't seen yet? Um, and we've said it a few times, can we even get to 27 points? I don't think there's any chance in hell we cover the 27-point spread. I bet so hard on Jacksonville State covering that spread. Um, I'll say Florida State 31, Jacksonville State 17. Wow. Any other takers there? Anybody else want to give a score prediction? I'm just still trying to. Oh, I'll give mine. I'll give mine. Florida State to win by 14. Yeah, I let Dustin go last. Let alone uh, score 31. Yeah, I'm gonna go Florida State. Uh, I'm going Florida State 24, uh, Jacksonville State 17. And it's on mute, so we can't hear him. Yeah, I know. He might have his, his wife. Uh, I'm going Florida State, <laughs> Florida State 21, um, Jacksonville State 16. Oh, God. So Wouldn't that be the same as close. the Stanford game? Isn't that what the Stanford game was a few years ago? Uh, I think it was, it was like 40, 40 something. There was one game. I could have sworn it was an FCS game that we just, it was just like that. Well, in 2009, um, Jacksonville State like played pretty, played Florida State pretty close. I think it was. Thirteen nine or something like that. Let me pull the score up real quick. They got they got a late interception or something like that, if I remember right, to uh, ice the game. Yeah, Nigel Bradham like drilled the quarterback as he threw. Yeah. Nineteen to nine. I'm surprised they actually won by more than I thought. Twenty one sixteen, a nail biter. You guys ready? What? Yeah, I'm ready. We're ready for you, Princess. So ever since last Saturday, I've had a, a gut feeling that Florida State's going to lose this game. Um, I said, I think I texted one of my friends Saturday night, and I said, next weekend, Florida State will lose to Jacksonville State. And nothing, nothing they've said or done throughout the week has made me feel any different. I don't think we're going to see a different product from Florida State. They're not suddenly going to start playing a lot better. And if Jacksonville State comes out in this game and gets an early lead and forces Florida State to deal with some adversity, I just – I don't know how they're going to respond. As a team, they've only scored 23 points on offense in two games. I'm, I'm just not confident that they can produce on either side of the ball. I'm going to go Jacksonville State 24, Florida State 20, Florida State 0-3. And they lose to an FCS team. Maybe the players will be a little bit more embarrassed after this one. Mm. Talking about all these moral victories and shit. It's a bold. It's bold. It is bold. L's an L. I don't. It might not even. It might not even be bold. If that happens, 
man, you might as well cancel the Discord <laughs> because that thing is going to blow up. Um, there's going to be mass hysteria in, in, in Tallahassee if that happens. Yeah. Give me we'll chaos. <laughs> we already Give have enough chaos. chaos. We don't need it. <laughs> no. No chaos. Jacksonville no State chaos, wins. Please. I'm definitely hopping on here for the instant reaction pod. One thousand percent. I think we'd have everybody interested in coming on. I don't even know if we'd be able to allow Carlos on for that one. <laughs> Do you imagine if we had Carlos Williams, uh, Telvin Smith, Timmy Jernigan? Oh my God. It... Anyways, hopefully optimism, optimism over here. Hopefully that is not the case, and Florida State absolutely routes. Jacksonville State, and you see a different side of program, but mm-hmm. you know, hopefully yeah. that's fingers crossed. I just you know? think Zarek Cooper's probably going to throw for 350 yards, and EJ Coleman, that defensive end you mentioned, Logan, I can see him getting two or three sacks with the way those offensive tackles look. Um, I hope not, but I just I don't have the confidence to be able to pick Florida State. If, if they play the youth movement. I, I do think Florida State wins a little bit more. Oh, I agree. Um, yep. But, you know, I need to see that. I think if they go with the youth movement, I, I think, you know, the first quarter, quarter and a half will be tight. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, that will be again up. Florida State will probably win by, you know, 14 or more. I think um, the young players would just fight a lot harder. Austin kind of yep. nailed it earlier when he, he called the veterans mental midgets, and that's exactly what they are. Whenever they get into – a game that they should whip an opponent, they don't. Whenever they get into a dogfight, they figure out a way to lose. And just doesn't give me any confidence in, in this group. Yeah, if we start seeing like we did at the end of the Miami game, where it's guys like Poitier, Toa Philly, Rodemaker getting all these snaps, I, I think we win by a lot more because they've, they've at least shown for a quarter that they really want this and that they want to go after it. I've yet to see that from any of the regular starters on the team, except for a handful. Uh, let's go into our FSU trivia before we end off the episode. Every week we just ask a question. I ask a question to the guys on here and see if they get it right. So I'm going to go back. We did the Georgia Tech stats. So I'm going to bring back the stat kind of trivia here, and I'm going to go to the Miami game. It's kind of it's good. It's a good like wake up call too, because I had a lot of wake up. I just calls don't like it. Really, like, who was the seventh <laughs> leading tackler? Like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who was Florida State's top rusher on Saturday against Miami? Lawrence Philly. Philly. Who was their second? Jordan Travis. Travis. Who was their third? Can't tell you. Corbin. Corbin. Yeah, Corbin or or uh or someone that was like four yards rushing. <laughs> yeah, it had to be Corbin. Cor- I remember Corbin had that one long run, so I'm going with Corbin. Yeah, yeah, Corbin ran really well that game, I thought. For the when, for when the, he's uh, got a little bit of blocking. Seven. When he's got a little bit of blocking, he's actually a pretty solid back. He just does yep. a lot of blocking. Who was Florida State's second leading receiver on Saturday? <laughs> Jordan Travis. Um, One catch for four yards. <laughs> I feel like it's Toa Philly. Um, Corbin. It's one of the backs. It's either Corbin or Toa Philly. I'm sticking with Toa Philly. I'll say, I'll say Ontario Wilson. That's a good it's, one, yeah. 
It's Toa Philly. Let's go. <laughs> it is the true freshman uh, running back. So he led the team in rushing and came in second in receiving. Not by – I mean, Cameron McDonald had him at 58 to 35, so – and receiving yards. So that is – some interesting stuff to keep an eye on moving forward. <laughs> Once again, Amari Gaynor is your lead, leading uh, tackler. Travis Jake actually came in at number two with seven tackles and Brennan Gannett seven. So um, some youngins, some youngins making some uh, moves there on the defensive side tackling wise. But yeah, yeah, we, we, we didn't give him, no one's given Brennan Gannett his props. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't play much at all versus Georgia Tech. Um, you know, he's an enforcer back there. Um, you know, he needs to play more. And, and you know, while, while the game was, was out of hand, uh, he he was still bringing it the entire game that he was in. And, and, you know, that's why I think if you go with those 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 players, those young guys, I, I, I think you're going to see a better, a better product. It will be unfinished, but it will be a, a better product. Mm-hmm. Anything else, gentlemen? Anybody else have anything youth else? Movement. Youth movement. Youth movement youth. on Saturday. Is that what everybody's expecting? Youth movement. We'll see it. Oh, Cox. <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> Not the first time he said that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, National State but, Gamecocks. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah, there you go. Hey, um, you know. We, we never asked Dustin about, you know, Boston's loss in the conference finals. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you hold up? Yeah. After losing, Celtics done. Miami Heat. Mm. I mean, mm. we, we made it farther than Golden State, Dallas, and I don't know who Nate's team is, but we probably made it farther than them. At least Dallas had an <laughs> excuse. What's Boston? We, hey, we have an excuse. Our third best player sprained the hell out of his ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have no centers. And we suck. <laughs> I love only only one under. team only one team in ends the ends the year happy every season in every sport. So this wasn't us this year. We'll get them in twenty twenty one. That that is, that is a that's cute. That, that is so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up your participation trophy here after the, after the podcast. We fought, we fought hard, all right? I respect the effort. Shut up. Not the outcome. Oh my God. Uh, now we get you to edit more articles now, so we'll be good to go. No excuses for recording podcasts and everything. We got him, guys. He's full sent on Florida State football or the Jacksonville Gamecocks. We'll see after Saturday. <laughs> Uh, let me go and shout out our 10 Patreons real quick. You can sign up to be a Patreon at patreon.com slash day. The Discord is rolling the most active community, I think, right now. Um, that is at patreon.com slash day, where Nate Greer gives his recruiting insider nuggets. Um, we also give – I also give quite a few on uh, things all over uh, the football program in Austin uh, does a great job on giving us some scoop on basketball since that's starting to turn up. So that's at patreon.com slash no game day. Let me shout out our 10 latest guys here. Mossberg 22, Garrett, Will Schnott, uh, Justin Augie, Ugo Uday, Nick Miranda, Jimmy Cherry, Jay Gradom, Joey McDaniel, Ebo and Stua, 
and Tyrone Collins. Appreciate you guys for becoming Patreons. Thank you guys so much. As always, you can listen to this episode on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. Um, if you're listening live right now, feel free to share it with your Facebook groups, retweet it on Twitter, give it a like. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars and leave a review. It helps a lot. But thank you guys. Everybody enjoy the game on Saturday. Kickoff is at 4 o'clock on RSN, RSN, also ESPN3. We'll be giving game full game coverage also. So appreciate you guys. Enjoy the game Saturday. Enjoy the weather. We'll talk to you guys next week.